Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Poor Jeremiah. He's not called the weeping prophet for nothing. Of course, he weeps because the nation of Israel, his brethren, have rejected God and God's message that they should repent. He laments for his beloved people because the wrath of God for their sin is coming soon, is even now at the door. Jeremiah brings God's word to Israel, but the people don't want to hear it. Jeremiah begins our reading by saying, O Yahweh, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. And the Hebrew here has to do with the idea of being coaxed or coerced. Jeremiah did not willingly become a prophet, knowing what his fate would be. God reached out and made Jeremiah his mouthpiece. You are stronger than I, Jeremiah says. You have prevailed. He became a prophet. And now, bringing God's word to the people, he's become a laughingstock. The people mock him. The truth from God that Jeremiah speaks to the people brings him nothing but ridicule and humiliation. Still, Jeremiah says, I have to speak. He doesn't want to. It would be easier for him if he didn't. He'd kind of like to shut God's word up in his heart, but he says if he does that, it becomes like a burning fire, and he just can't keep it in. He has to speak. And it brings poor young Jeremiah nothing but trouble. In fact, because of the word of judgment that Jeremiah has been speaking from the Lord, Jeremiah is beaten by one of the priests and put in the stocks all night, right before our reading today. He hears whisperings, people plotting against him. He finds terror on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him say even his close friends, who are hoping that Jeremiah will make a misstep. They look for an opportunity to overcome him, to take their revenge on him. Poor Jeremiah. Jesus, in our gospel lesson recorded by St. Matthew, seems to be having the same experiences that Jeremiah did 600 years before him. Israel had been taken into exile in Babylon, as Jeremiah had foretold, and the nation spent 70 years in Babylon. But when King Cyrus of Persia captured Babylon in 538 B.C., he decreed that those who wanted to return to Jerusalem could do so, to rebuild the city and the temple of Yahweh. A faithful remnant of the people resettled in Israel and rebuilt the temple, and God continued to send them prophets, now encouraging the people, now chastising and correcting them. A few hundred years, a few prophets, and then 400 years of silence before the word of God was made flesh and came to Israel, Jesus the Christ. Jesus was not coerced. He came willingly, joyfully, even knowing that his fate would be similar to Jeremiah's. Jesus came to redeem all Israel and all people from their sins. He was born as a man with flesh and blood, 
to offer that flesh and blood to appease the wrath of God for sin. Like Jeremiah, Jesus was mocked, and the truth he spoke to the people brought him nothing but reproach and derision. And there were whisperings, too, and the people plotted against Jesus. They denounced him over and over again, and they looked for an opportunity to overcome him, to take their revenge on him. They found that opportunity in the betrayer, Judas Iscariot. The leaders of the people arrested Jesus under cover of night outside the city. They held a secret and illegal midnight trial. By morning, Jesus was condemned to death. He was beaten. He was lashed with cruel cords that had bits of bone and metal tied into them. He was ridiculed and humiliated and made to carry his own cross through the city streets. It's difficult to know just how the prophet Jeremiah died. There is some evidence that he died at the hands of his own countrymen by stoning, in retaliation for his preaching God's truth. Jesus' death, on the other hand, is well attested. There were many eyewitnesses as he died on that cross at the hands of his countrymen. Jeremiah died because of his unpopular message to the people of Israel. Jesus was God's message to the world. For both Jeremiah and Jesus, the message was rejected. But in the face of rejection, Jeremiah had to speak. He could not hold God's word in, even though it meant ridicule and eventual death. God sent Jeremiah because he loved his people. God wanted his people to repent to turn back to him in faith. God sent Jeremiah to speak words of hope, too. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Sometimes we find ourselves needing that same hope. We begin to hear more and more whisperings and ridicule for being a Christian, for holding to our confession of Jesus as our only Savior from sin, and for believing that Holy Scripture really is the Word of God. Today the Ten Commandments are under attack. Crosses are removed as symbols of intolerance. Christians might be labeled as haters because they speak God's word of repentance for sin and the only way of salvation as faith in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Christians might be sued if their bakery or florist shop refuses to deny their Christianity by servicing clients in a way that would go against their conscience and deny the faith. It may be difficult to witness to our Christian faith even in our own families, as that witness may be taken as pious condemnation. Jesus tells his disciples to expect persecution. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. 
but the one who endures to the end will be saved. If they called the master of the house Beelzebul, or Satan, how much more will they malign those of his household? God did not leave his people, his church, here on earth to fit in with the multitudes. He speaks a different word than the world does, a higher, ancient, eternal word that will always prove to be true, a word that doesn't shift with the tides of popular morality, a word that harkens back to the beginning of time when he first promised that a Savior would come to set right what our first parents had made wrong. And that word that the church speaks in every culture, be it friendly or hostile, is a word of love, God's love for his children. This word will not go unheard. It will not be bottled up. Communist countries burned Bibles and other books that told of God's love. Christian pastors and evangelists and parishioners have been put in prison or even put to death. But God's gospel word of love is not shut up. God won't let it be contained. He will not allow his word to return to him empty without accomplishing the purpose for which he sent it. That doesn't mean we'll escape the wrath of unbelievers. But Jesus says, Have no fear of them. And Jeremiah writes, The Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore my persecutors will stumble. They will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. If the Lord is with us, who can be against us? The image Jeremiah presents is one of a dread warrior, a warrior who is strong, who is mighty, a warrior who is invincible. Yahweh is with us. He is invincible. He will not allow unbelievers or the politically correct or the machinations of a changing society or even Satan himself to overcome us. None of these will succeed against Yahweh our God. They will not succeed against his word, against the love that he has for us in Christ. Jesus tells his disciples not to fear the world or those who reject the message. The worst they can do is kill the body. But this dread warrior, Yahweh, is one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Therefore, listen to his messenger. Listen to his word to you, because it's not a word of condemnation. It's instead a word of love, a gospel word. Believe in the one whom Yahweh has sent. Believe in Jesus, the Christ, who gave his life for you. Unbelievably, incomprehensibly, this dread warrior, rather than doing what we should expect and destroying us who ourselves are evil, instead destroys the sin in us by an unexpected sacrifice. This dread warrior swings his mighty sword and sweeps away our guilt 
and our condemnation as the sword strikes his own son. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, God calls us back to himself. This dread warrior fights not against us, but for us. Jesus describes the love of this dread warrior for you, the love of the all-powerful God, Yahweh. He says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. And did you hear the term Jesus used for the one Jeremiah calls a dread warrior? Jesus called him your father. A king goes out from the castle to do battle with the evil enemy. The king is strong and powerful and he defeats his enemies. And then he returns to the castle and his little children come running to him saying, Daddy, Daddy! And they jump into his strong arms and he hugs them tight and kisses them tenderly. Jeremiah's dread warrior is your heavenly father. Don't listen to the tempter who would have you think that God does not know your troubles. He does. He knows you intimately, even knowing the number of hairs on your head. And he is your dear father in heaven, who by his mighty power has destroyed sin and death and hell for you. He gives you his own spirit to dwell in your heart and to point you to your good shepherd who guides you through the dark valley to springs of living water. That same Holy Spirit points you to Christ who gives you his own body and blood in the sacrament, who forgives all your sins, and who is, even now, preparing a place in heaven for you, that you may be where he is evermore. God loves sinners. Christ died for sinners. On this Father's Day, we give thanks for our earthly fathers and for the love that they've shown to us, but none has shown the kind of steadfast and undeserved love that our Heavenly Father has, who gave His only Son into death to tear us away from death and make each one of us His own dear child. For that love, we join with Jeremiah in singing praises forever to our God. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.